0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we come to you this morning. We're thankful to be in your house, thankful to be together, thankful, Lord, to sit around your table and to focus our efforts and energies in your direction. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning's passage. So practical. So practical. A reminder, Lord, of how we need to be in the world that we live in. In the world, but not of the world. Lord, this passage, is, it's strong because it reminds us to do good. Lord, help us as believers in Christ to do good. You have called us to good works. It doesn't save us, but it does help to fulfill us. And you have called us to it. And so, Lord, as we listen to this passage this morning, I pray your heart would your your life would speak into our hearts. Your words would speak power into our life that we would hear you speaking in our midst this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 is where we start this morning. Remind the people. Remember, this is Paul telling Titus, how to encourage, challenge uh, the churches on the island of Crete. And Paul says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle toward everyone. At one time you too were foolish, Disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. But because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by his grace we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying and I want to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But, foolish, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, then warn them a second time, and after that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicol- Nicolopolis because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenus the lawyer and Apollos in the way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me, Send you greetings greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all you. For our God. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, speak truth into our lives. Encourage our faith and our walk. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. And you may, yeah, go. Go, kids, go. Dun 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 dun. They've been waiting for an hour. They're like, we need to go. I get it. So, good morning. We got 6 minutes. Auctioneer training. <clears throat> <So>. Wrong answer. <laughs> Kenny's back. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, if you want to know the meaning of life per Kenny, you can ask him. I'm not going to tell you. I will, I like it, but I'm not going to tell you. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh-oh. <coughs> mm, this might be bad. <coughs> I was gonna make fun of Liz too. I didn't know God sounded so sarcastic. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. I just thought I thought your voice of God was really. I laughed. I smiled when you said it that way. All right. I think we're gonna be all right. <clears throat> so we're in Titus chapter three, and um, this another installment of us uh, some customer feedback. Right? Uh, somebody, uh, someone in the Renner clan. Uh, Asked for Titus chapter three, <clears throat> and it came up on. And hopefully, um, I'm working through those. We won't get them all this summer. Some there's a couple of them that are a bit big or that I've grouped together. So we might see them in the fall. We might see uh, the first of the year. So d- hold on. If you put if you put something on the connect card, we're going to try to get there. Uh, I'm trying to pick the piece and piecemeal the ones in that we can get them to, to work. So in Titus chapter three, we're talking about a guy, a Greek. A uh, guy by the name of Titus, and and he's a helper of Paul's, <clears throat> and Paul sends Titus to the island of Crete, and Crete is a Greek uh, island, and so there's lots of uh, there's lots of things going on on this island, and there's a lot of house churches churches there, and they're kind of a mess, and so Paul sends Titus to this. Island and, and he leaves them there. He doesn't only send them there, he leaves them. He's like, Titus, I want you to go to the island of Crete, because one of the things that it was is it had a bunch of ports. And so it had this strategically, it had all these people coming through, coming in, coming out. <clears throat> but the Greeks had their own gods. You know, you know, you remember the Greek gods? Yeah, you remember those gods? Well, so. The Greeks, by their very nature, had these gods um, that weren't Jesus, right? So even when they came to Christianity and came to the faith and came to be believers, they still had in their background, in their history, a guy by the name of Zeus. You ever hear of that Greek god, Zeus? And I don't know if you know much about uh, mythology, uh, but Zeus was not the most clean and uh, upright man. In fact, they celebrated the fact that Zeus was able to seduce women and trick people and lie. And so in the culture of Crete was this understanding that that was honored in some way, shape, or form. That because Zeus was able to do that, he was able to be, he was honored. And even some tradition says that Zeus was born on the island of Crete. And so that's the background of what's going on in the island of Crete. So Christianity comes, and there are multiple house churches, churches amongst uh, the island of Crete. But you can see very quickly uh, what happens there is what happens in most, a lot of religions, is that they get all mixed up, right? We bottle up uh, what we know as uh, historical fact, or uh, our, our traditions get mixed in to our faith. And so on, on the island of Crete, they began to mix the Greek uh, faith and the Christian faith, and they were just kind of stirring it all up. And, and a lot of the leaders uh, of these house churches were leading people in, a, in the wrong direction. And so, so Paul sends Titus. He says, hey, I need you to go there and go from house church to house church. I need you to go. And so Paul's writing this letter to Titus and says, here's what you need to do. You need to appoint some good leaders. You need to get the people who are not leading uh, these churches in the right direction to go in the right direction. Confront them and let's put people in uh, power uh, positions who deserve to be in there and who are really following after what uh, God wants them to follow after. And when we get to chapter three, uh, it's really practical and If you didn't notice in the the scriptures of chapter 3, Paul says multiple times, just do good. Do good. They need to do good. and They need to be a light in the darkness of the island of Crete. He knew strategically that many people would come in and out of those ports. And as they came in, they would hear the gospel. Maybe they stayed. Maybe it uh, went with them back out. Whatever was happening, Paul knew there would be much Traffic, excuse me, much traffic in that area, and that the gospel would then end up being uh, transferred and moved uh, amongst the world a lot faster. And so when he sends Titus there, his whole goal is let's fix the problems that are there and let's keep the gospel moving in a good direction. Be the light. Be the good work that people will see. And we saw that in that scripture. Did you not remind the people what they're supposed to look like? Remind them that there's a thread running through their life. And that thread is red. And that red is, reminds us of the blood of Jesus. And that everything we do reflects that, uh, that thread in our life. And if it's not, then we need to make some changes. And boy, we could just point that at the Cretans, but the reality is that's what should be spoken to us today. And that's the question for you this morning. Is everything in your life a reflection of Jesus in some way, shape, or form? Are you willing to share? You know, there's, there's always been there's been a story, you know, where if you were on trial for being a Christian, would you be guilty? Was there enough, is there enough evidence for someone to actually see Jesus in your life? And we live in a world that says, well, that's, you know, that's kind of ridiculous. That's, that's kind of like sold out. That's kind of like, that's a lot. And that's what Paul is asking Titus to do on the island of Crete. And in, verse, in chapter 3 he says, listen, do good. Do good i, I don 't know about you, but it, sometimes it feels like in this world we 're living that it 's an uphill battle that we 're trying to push a rock up the hill uh, to do good. It feels like sometimes that our our ability to do good is outweighed by so many other things in this life that even though we do good, there 's a hundred people doing bad, and it sometimes feels overwhelming. And I think that sometimes we just get kind of fatalistic and we're just like, forget it. Forget it. I'm going to dig a hole. I'm going to live in my house. And I do the same thing, right? I'm not going to watch the news anymore. I don't like the news because it frustrates me. And so I just turn it off. Sometimes that can be kind of fatalistic. I'm just going to not engage. Now, I don't do that all the time, but I do it sometimes. And Titus is, is being told by Paul, tell them to do good. Tell them that they should stand out for the work that they're doing. And for those of us, those who are struggling uh, in this day and age with this, this idea of how do I do good in a small little minute piece when all this bad is like, uh, feels like a, an avalanche over top of that little bit of good. And I think we feel that, right? As Christians, we feel like we're quickly becoming a minority, and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. <clears throat> and what does that do? It pushes us to stay in, to stay in our four little walls, and to hide out us against the world. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to do the opposite. The scripture uh, on verse chapter three and verse uh, verse verse three reminds me and it should remind you um, remember where we started it says at one time maybe a, this, still this time you were foolish and disobedient you were deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pre- pleasures you lived in malice and envy I know none of you guys have been uh, have ever hated or been hated by someone but Titus is reminding, Paul is reminding Titus to tell those people, listen, you too were once a non-believer. You too were once one of those people who looked at things differently. You too are a sinner saved by grace. Well, sorry, I should have went backwards. Paul says in Philippians, he talks about looking in the rearview mirror, looking back. Some of us get so hung up looking back, we can't look forward. And some of us are still stuck trying to drive backwards. Have you ever tried to drive backwards? No, me neither. doesn't sound like... All the way to church? Okay. (laughs) Per Veronica, they will not be driving home backwards. Thank you, Veronica, for keeping us safe. <laughs> that might be how he got in a ditch on his head one time. I remember that story. That's a long. <laughs> no, I was going the right way. Oh, you were going the right direction that time. <laughs> I think quickly we forget that we too were in that spot. When we come across people who are in, or stuck in sin or who are doing things that we feel um, irritated by or we're like offended by, we quickly forget that we too have sin. And just because their sin looks different than my sin doesn't make their sin any worse than my sin. Because we're really good at talking about not judging people for their sin, and we're really bad at doing it. In fact, we're really good at judging people's sin. And like it or not, even though God says there is no scale, it's it's uh, sin or no sin. We love to put sin on a level. That would say that one sin is somehow less or more than another. We quickly forget that it was God's grace that saved us. And Paul is telling Titus tell them, remind them they too were in that spot and that they need to do it differently. And when they do it differently, it needs to look different. And he goes to verse 8 and he says, listen, it's always beautiful and profitable for believers to do good works. Mind you, we are not saved by our good works, but we are called to good works. Jesus is very plain and very clear in John when he says, listen, if you're a part of the vine, you will have fruit. And if you're not, snip, snip. Right? He talks very clearly about if, if you are a part of the vine, if you are a believer in Christ, let me just help you understand this with an apple tree, right? If we have a, uh, you have an apple tree and some of the branches are loaded and they're full of leaves and they're beautiful, they have apples on them, and there's always a few branches in there that are what? They're dead, right? And they're just there. They're there. They look like another branch, but they don't have any leaves. They don't ever grow any fruit. And eventually they fall off. Right? And if you're much of a farmer, you know this. Those branches are nothing but bad. Those are bad branches because they sit in there and they carry disease. And so not only are they not fruitful or profitable, they're actually harmful because they'll carry disease that will uh, then infect more of the apple tree. And so one of the things that they do is they, they prune back all of the old, the growth. They prune off everything that's not going to grow new and profitable fruit. Now put that into your own life. What is the fruit that comes out of my life What am I doing in service of the king? Because this scripture says it's not only beautiful but it's profitable for us to do good works. We're not asked to just do something for fun. We're asked to do this because it encourages and grows the kingdom. We have a responsibility. So let me ask you this question. What is it And maybe you need to contemplate that idea. What is it that is fruitful in your life for the kingdom of God? And I'm not saying it has to be in the church four walls. What I'm saying is when you come across someone in Walmart or wherever in your job or uh, in an opportunity to sit at the park, what are you doing with that opportunity are you sharing your faith in some way, shape, or form? Are you making an effort for people to understand that you're a believer in Christ? Yeah, I messed with it, right? If you're old, you know what the toughest job you'll ever love. You know that tagline, right? Anybody know? What is it? No? Wow, I thought a I thought hundred people would know that. Toughest job you'll ever love? Peace Corps. Peace Corps, thank you. The Peace Corps, it's a tagline. Brian, you and I must be of the same age-ish. I used to be on the TV. I put Christianity there because I think it can very well be the toughest job you'll ever love. I think the struggle is that we ask this question, can God really use me? Can God use me? To his glory, doesn't he understand? I got issues and then I got struggles and then I have problems. It's amazing. He doesn't say, if you've been to church four out of the last four weeks, do good. If you have read your Bible uh, 10 days in a row, do good. It says, these things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Do good. In the name of Jesus, do good. There's nothing wrong with doing good. Why? Because it fulfills our lives. Verse 14 says, Our people, Greenfield Baptist Church, must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for the urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Do you want to live a productive life? Do you want to know the meaning of this life and what its value is? Do good works. Do good in this world. Don't take Jesus out of the equation, but do good in the name of Jesus. That's what Paul is telling Titus. He's reminding him, tell them they need to do good works in the name of Jesus. I too have a great illustration of boot camp, and you heard pieces of it. There were eleven young men. Some of them are church, some of them other churches, some of them not really all that churched. There were eleven young men who spent two nights in the woods got dirty and stinky and smelly and wet and muddy and chewed on by bugs. And Mark alluded to it just a little. There were about 35 to 40 people any given time uh, in the woods. That doesn't include the ladies who cooked, which are absolutely the unsung heroes. And uh, not to pick on Julie, but I know she did a lot of the legwork to to make sure there was enough food so none of those boys starved for two days. And I saw the list of making sure that there was, a, you know, every day, every meal was taken care of. People doing good work. You know what's really cool about boot camp, though? I counted at least 10 guys right off the top of my head who didn't have a son there. They really had no reason to be there other than to do good for young men in the name of Jesus. There were guys who showed up and shared their testimony. There were guys who showed up and were asked three questions about what it means to be a man. Guys came in, guys came out. There were guys who stood up as surrogate fathers for young men who didn't have their fathers there think about that for a moment there were young men there that their lives have been changed in previous boot camps who wanted to give back and do good and camp out and encourage There was a young man who gave of his airsoft equipment so that we, there could be a game of airsoft. So many pieces of the puzzle of people doing good in the name of Jesus. That's powerful. I'll tell you right now, when, I got, when we left here last night, not me, those other guys were whooped. They slept out under the under the stars. Some of them on tarps. Some of them some in tents so they didn't get eaten by whatever. Some guys just slept out. They just slept in. They slept on a uh, a piece of plastic in their suit, their uh, their um, sleeping bag. All in the name of Jesus to do good. I'll ask you real quick to think about what your priorities are. To me, that's really where it comes down. Maybe that's the hardest slide of the day. What are my priorities? And if we're honest, we have to ask ourselves what is my number one priority? You know the passage in Exodus 20, don't you? Thou shalt have no idols before you, me, God says. Let me tell you, anything that you put in number one slot that's not God himself is an idol. I don't care what it is, fame, money, pride, arrogance, whatever it is. Anything that you put in that priority list that's not... A, it is above God as an idol. That's kind of hard and heavy, but it's the scriptures, not me. You know, there's a, there's a thought process uh, in most churches that 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Did you ever hear that? That's, that's, I, don't, I don't think that absolutely fits Greenfield, per se. But the reality is this. Overall, a smaller percentage of the people do more of the work. And Scripture's really plain that one of us is an ear, one of us is an arm, one of us is a leg, and that we're all a part of the body of Christ. If you're a believer in Christ, you have a responsibility. And it's not only a responsibility, but it's 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 good. It fulfills your life. It helps you to understand that there's more to life than earning the next paycheck or having the next thing or the next stuff or the next whatever, hobby. It's productive in our lives. It fulfills us because it's of God. Let me leave you with this. I want to be really clear. It's not just about doing good. I'm not asking you to do good. I'm asking you to do good in the name of Jesus. Right? Because when we quickly the world takes Jesus out of the equation and just says do good. When Paul's writing this letter to Titus, it's understood. Do good in the name of Jesus. He says, Jesus was the difference in our life and that's why we do good. Don't do good for just doing good's sake. Do good in the name of Jesus. It's his cross that we do good for. He went to the cross that we might have salvation and that love compels us to do good If you don't know that Jesus, and if you haven't met that Jesus that makes a difference in your life, I encourage you to ask this morning. I encourage you to come up. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to spend some time just talking about Jesus and the difference he makes in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, your word is, is powerful. It's powerful because you are a, a powerful and mighty God. Lord, I ask that you would remind us of our priorities. For some, Lord, our priorities are pointed in exactly the right direction. And for some, Lord, our priorities are messed up. They're a mess, they're going the wrong way. We're hung up on things of the world. trying to fill our coffers, trying to live a cushy life, trying to find security in our finances or in relationships. For some of us, Lord, we have it all backwards. And Lord, we understand that in Scripture that all we have to do is call upon you and make you the king of our life. It's not hard. It says children do it. But our pride gets in the way. Our pride that we can somehow make our way to heaven on our own gets in the way. And so Lord, I ask this morning that you would open our hearts to that. Give us sensitive hearts to hear your voice. Lord, help us to do good in your name. Fulfill us with the things that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen.